Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Give it to me! Oh, hello, everyone. It is Molly Wood here. And Tom Merritt. That song always gets me going. Welcome to It's a Thing, our weekly podcast about stuff that has caught our attention, sometimes uh, equally caught the attention of prestigious news outlets or other people on the internet. Mm. But either way, we have deemed them worthy of discussion and we bring them to you and lay them at your feet like a rat caught by a cat. Mm, You had me at stuff. Not so gross, though. Not. But you really had me with laying things at my feet. My cat used until, to lay crawdads at my feet. Until I made it like a dead animal. <laughs> it's always a dead animal, though. Uh, yeah, 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 it is. And the, damn it, now now this metaphor is horrible. We have not brought you dead animals. We have brought we you have live not. animals today. These animals are living, breathing, cute, ready to be adopted. Please. Yes, definitely not. Spay and neuter your things. Dragged under the bed <laughs> in torn apart wow we have gone to the heights and and lows in just this intro i feel i need to stop ad-libbing the intro like maybe (laughs) it's time to write one down because you were doing great you were doing great it was an excellent intro thank you i think we just got to we overthought it yeah (laughs) until it got to the yeah okay i'm not gonna say it again because we're just we're just going huh okay so let's see Last week, we did this awesome show because both of us had gone out into the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I am so curious to see <laughs> what's going to happen now that we have returned to our respective basements. Well, I don't know if this informs my things, to be honest, but I can report that I went out to pie twice with friends this week. Excellent. And uh, went to Korean barbecue with friends as well. Oh, fun. So I did a lot more leaving the house than usual. I'm very impressed. And I I went and saw Us, the movie. (gasps) You did? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just going to say now that I also haven't seen the other one because I'm a giant chicken. Oh, get out. Get out. Mm -hmm. I started to watch it. I was like, it's the middle of the day. It's a Saturday afternoon. This movie is on the woke list. Like, I have to watch it so I know what's happening. And I chickened out. Almost immediately. And there is no chance I'm going to us because even the commercials scare the crap out of me. (laughs) Here is the thing. It is jump scares, right? And it's got some creepy stuff. But it it honestly was not as scary to me as some other movies. Like, you know, it's not like The Ring or anything like that. Um, Because it's got some humor in it. It's Jordan Peele. Uh, He he let his humor out out for a walk. uh, And it's got some good it's got some good funny moments. Uh, in it because he wrote, wrote, produced, and directed it. He's not in it, but he wrote, produced, and directed it. Uh, so there's some tension breaking moments. And I, when I'm leaving, I was like, oh, you know, that was scary in parts, but overall it wasn't bad. And Eileen, my wife, says, uh, no, that was scary. <laughs> yeah. See, uh huh. Exactly. <clears throat> Everything that you just said just told me that you are not a chicken and you cannot understand the horror. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> horror movies have never 
horror movies will bore me before they really truly frighten me. Oh yeah, no. I'm like a ju- like jump scares. This. Jump scares will get me. I'll jump. I'll I'll yell. Be like, whoa, that got me, and then I'll laugh. Mm-hmm. You'll but play yeah. along. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I will have to like run into the house when it's dark outside and I just got home because I'll be scared that a monster is going to literally swoop down from the roof and get me because of some movie that I watched when I was like 12. Do you know my, do you know my movie rating scale? No. I developed this organically because I would just, words would come into my head as I would watch movies and I I created the scale. It's only eight long. It's not 10. Uh, It starts in the, at, at the bottom with, I walked out. I've only walked out on one movie. It was sister act. Uh, then there's awful, bad, fine. Fine is like the top of the of the not good. It's the bottom okay. top of the bottom four, and and that's where I really created this movie scale because I was like, nah, it was fine, you know, which yeah. means I didn't really love it. Uh, then good, great, amazing, mind blowing. Uh, Dang, is, us is amazing. That is, you've got a lot of layers in there. Mm-hmm. And good, I like that though because that's it's good to be specific about that well and these Um, these words will come to me naturally while i'm watching it i was watching captain marvel and i was like part way through i'm like this movie's fine and then and then it brought it home at the end i was like no that was good that was good okay okay yeah all right good to know because those words will just come unbidden into my mind while i'm watching movies I'm on spring break this coming week and captain marvel is on my list i think you'll have fun I think you'll have fun watching it. I, I won't go into the, the the problems that I did have with it, but it, it's it's good. Okay, all right. I mean, I'm going to see it either way. Oh yeah, no, it's worth seeing. Know, Absolutely, obviously. Worth yeah, yeah. Uh, um, that is not right, my thing, though. You can, yes, kick us off with your actual thing <laughs> uh, while I see my I, child the Netflix path for almost in, for the entire time that I've known Molly Wood. I think I can legitimately say this for the entire time that I've known Molly Wood. I've been a Jonathan Colton fan. Because that is so true. I discovered Jonathan Colton when he was doing his song a week, thing a week. Uh, and that was when we were first working at CNET, like 2005. Yeah. So uh, I still love Jonathan Colton. Jonathan Colton did a great Kickstarter recently where he's like, you know what I love? Sensitive songs from the 70s. So I'm going to faithfully cover them, produce an album. In fact, guess what? I already did it. Uh, I just need you to pay for it because I wanted to do it anyway. So he kickstarted it. I bought it. I got the the second from the top, which is you get the digital downloads, you get the signed stuff, and you get the LP. And what I, that's what I really wanted. I wanted the LP uh, uh-huh. because the LP is this double album and the cover. It's called Some Guys because it's sensitive 70s songs. And it's, so it's a it's a it's making it's a homage to the Rolling Stones Some Girls uh, album cover, and then yep. the, the vinyl is is like all the seventies tie dye kind of patterns uh, printed in the vinyl. It's gorgeous, gorgeous vinyl, great songs. The songs are just all those seventies songs, like on and on, and Sister Golden Hair that you just kind of relax and be like, oh man, yeah, that's cool. It's cool to be <laughs> sensitive seventies guy. Uh, so I'm. I Sorry, get the I'm album. You're cracking me up. Yep. I'm, I'm yep. Put, I put the album on. I'm listening to my sensitive 70s guy music. And I'm like, Jonathan Colton, you're the best. This is great. I'm enjoying myself. And uh, as I'm putting one of the albums away, the little card comes fluttering out that's like, oh, your digital downloads. Here they are. And I look at it and I'm like, I don't know if I care. <laughs> I just don't know if I care about the digital downloads. I know responsibly... I paid for them. I should go download them and then I'll have them. But 
with Spotify and Apple right. Music and all of this, like his songs are going to be on there. And I own the vinyl, so I own a physical copy. I, I just don't know if I care about digital downloads anymore. Interesting. Yeah, I could see that because I, well, I mean, I think certainly uh, rental culture is a thing, you know, the idea of not owning any digital media. And I remember my dad being like completely blown away by the existence of Spotify uh-huh. and the fact that, and just saying to me specifically, he was like, anything you want is just here. I don't have to like remember what iPod it's on yeah, or, you know, have it trapped on a hard drive somewhere. I can just get it mm-hmm. and have it accessible. No, that makes a ton of sense. And I will say like, if you're in it for the physical media in particular, mm-hmm. like you bought the vinyl, right? My son bought a, um, a, a record player. Oh, wow. I know it's huge. I mean, vinyl's been a thing, but that's, that's a pretty, that's ratcheting it up. I will say, actually, my favorite part about his uh, record player is he doesn't own any records. He didn't buy any records. He just got the record player because it looks super cool. And it has. Do um, you have records that he could play on no, it? No. I don't have any records. Oh, no. funny. But it has Bluetooth. So, <laughs> and oh. this is maybe my favorite part. He can stream Bluetooth music to his record player, and then it looks like hecka hip. Uh huh. Because there's a record player there, Buzz. And if a record comes along, well, hey, he could play so it. So much the better. Yeah. Well, now I can at least tell his parents or his grandparents, you know, like, oh, birthday time is coming. Right, right. Get that thing. Maybe get him Some Guys by Jonathan Colton. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. <laughs> I had not thought, oh, I'm having such a delightful flashback. Like, I had not thought of Jonathan Colton in years. And that is such a special Tom thing. I it, love it. It's Yeah. It's no, it's 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 great. And it's it's the kind of thing too where like his his brand of humor and sense sensibility is so right up my alley that like I'm like oh yeah of course no these are great like this is way better than yacht rock this is the best yacht rock. <laughs> Speaking of musicians, musicians who are awesome who have uh, loved for a long time and then also simultaneously the kind of wonderfulness that is Twitter today on twitter and i'm not trying to brag i'm just like so excited that i can't believe this happened because i lived long enough for mm-hmm. this to occur they might be giants followed me on twitter today. oh is it I because know. paul retweeted you yeah. i wonder because one of them did paul oh no it was storm it was storm wait who's paul pa- oh yes pa- it was storm paul yes. and storm retweeted that's you today why. i noticed i was yep. like oh look paul and storm my friends tweet my other friend that's great uh and Paul and Storm know they might be giants because Paul and Storm are friends with Jonathan Colton. Jonathan Colton toured with they might be giants. I think they've all played together. Wait, shut up. You're telling me that they might be giants following me on Twitter today has a Jonathan Colton connection? It might. It very well might. That was the sound of my brain exploding. I <laughs> love that so much. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Also leads perfectly into my thing mm-hmm. for today, which is also Twitter related. And has probably been a thing for a while, but has just reached like peak thing for me. And that thing is uh, giving yourself a funny Twitter handle that overshares. Man, even just just the funny Twitter handle is kind of lost me. I'm, I'm not as, you know, I mean, yeah. okay, Brendan Audio Smith Hutchins, I'm not going to pick on because that one's fine. It's no, just that that's audio Smith, right? That's that's just saying, here's a little shortcut to who I am. Love that. That's great. Right. Uh the but, ones that are like, I hate everybody you like. 
Exactly. Or, and increasingly political, as you might imagine. I'm looking at one right now, which I hate to fall, yeah. I hate to call out, but, you know, our constitution makes us great. Oh, okay. Or, uh-huh. Yeah. Like, there's all those ones. That's actually a really good one, because you kind of don't know where, where they're going per- exactly. <laughs> you, you don't. But then, like, I have a legit Twitter buddy who I really enjoy exchanging tweets with, who has changed his Twitter handle to Mike Pence's favorite strap-on. Mm, man. And then I'm like, dude, I don't want to retweet you here yeah. because that's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Devin Nunez. I'm just literally looking at my replies today. Devin Nunez should sue me. I want the attention. Is the name is someone's name on Twitter? It's like it's not their username, right? This is just the name that usually, like for me, says Tom Merritt, or for you, says right. Molly Wood. And, and it started. I guess it started with the Halloween thing. Halloween, right? exactly. That's what I was just about to say. Like I know the origin story of this thing. It definitely was the Halloween thing, mm-hmm. where people would change their. I think I did it one time. It was like Molly Boo. Mm-hmm. You know, you change. Yeah, it. sure. It was fun uh-huh. once. I it might have done once. it. Maybe I don't remember. I did it one time. I know yeah. I did one time and I apologize because, <laughs> oh my God, oh, Rich, our producer Rich says in the Discord, oversharing Twitter, ha- Twitter handles are the new, quote, funny SSIDs. Yes, oh, the funny totally Wi-Fi names. You are so smart. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that now makes me want to look at my neighborhood Wi-Fi here. Dang it. That is freaking hilarious. But anyway, yes, it is like an epidemic on Twitter. I... Personally, I'm not going to engage. It's gotten a little out of hand, but it's definitely a thing. Yeah. No, that that is a thing. And I'm glad you brought it up because really, folks, think about it. <laughs> just, think, just think about whether you're ever going to get retweeted. It was, it was annoying on, on uh, December 31st to keep seeing the Christmas ones <laughs> to me. Oh, that's right. It's real, real annoying around. to see your heavily politicized one months and a months and a months in a row it's just too much it's just too much and i i apologize to all of you who are like just discovering this and having tons of fun with it mm, mm, yeah. but oh my god and uh and sure you can say well screw you merit i'm gonna do it anyway and that's fair yeah totally fair. do that you know definitely that's, do that's, that that's fine i'm just uh, this is my my little slice of the opinion on these things is doesn't help it's me, not gonna help. like your account they're also also they're so long some of them some of them and so then you just see you only see like you can't tell if nine people liked a thing i mean maybe i shouldn't spend this okay i will own that i probably shouldn't spend this much time looking at my notifications like that's on me but i then i see other people's retweets and it's from the you know uh sin holy 50 characters is unnecessary batman thea Well, and there's the there's the copyright directive vote going on in Europe. So there's a no to Article 13. Save your in, and then it gets cut off. I'm like, well, save your. Never mind. Oh God. Oh yeah. Here's one. Only seven percent of gun owners are NRA members. (laughs) Otherwise known as perfectly normal name in state is the actual username. (laughs) Like it just it's just is out of hand. Is out of hand. (laughs) That is all. So many things like April Fool's Day. Thank God we seem to have stamped that out mm. on online. I used to love it too, like in the nineties, early so early two thousands. Yeah. Nope, it was ruined. And then the Halloween name it's ruined Twitter. Sorry, well, everyone. Not to be like a that's giant what, that, old lady. That's what ruined Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, fair point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was totally that. Nothing else. <laughs> Nothing else. Everything was great. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, may I then present my more serious and less personal thing that I've noticed? Please do. Please do. Uh, this started actually in a hotel when I noticed the uh, the brand Rose 31. Do you know Rose 31 by any chance? No. Uh, it's it's a, a, a brand of, I guess, cosmetics and, and personal care products. Uh, and so the, the, the little complimentary shampoo and lotion and all that stuff was Rose 31. And they all look oh. like old-time apothecary bottles. You know, there's there's no picture. It's it's like an old timey typeface, uh, like, like it's been like hand typed, uh, and then and then pasted on and describing what's what's in whatever it is, whether it's the perfume or the lotion or whatever. Uh, uh-huh. And I feel like this kind of dates back to Kiehl's. Kiehl's sort of started this ethos of like we're like we're like an old timey pharmacy with with your beauty products. Uh, but I keep seeing it more and more. This this sort of like cosmetics and beauty products and and hair care products trying to look as if they're from the 1800s yeah dude you're totally right that is a style Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a super duper thing and not even just in the labels like sometimes the bottles themselves i mean the easiest one is to just do a kind of a semi-translucent brown because it looks like old brown glass but some of them even do fake stoppers that look like the old glass stoppers even though they're plastic Yep. I have totally seen that. Oh my gosh. And I'm looking actually back at Rose 31 and being like, oh yeah, totally. Mm. Yep. And this is, it's complete. It's, I feel like this is exactly the look in uh, like a boutique local merchant store that mm. just has gift things right. for sale. Fits right in. Totally yep. does. Yeah, Fits you're right. Fits right in. And I have seen actually, I've seen cute like do-it-yourself label labels. I've even bought oh, some really? for ironically halloween have some (laughs) says like you know elixir and poison and stuff yeah i wonder if i wonder if like apothecary broadly could become a new style like you know we talked about maximalist becoming a style and apothecary is sort of like really hip right and really i see i see this apothecary like the fonts a lot in uh hipster restaurants on the menus yeah and and there's a lot of it's it's almost like a steampunk thing sometimes where they've got like lots of gears and clockwork looking stuff in the restaurant and oh and wood i think it's i think it's anti-nostalgia i think it's saying i don't want to i don't want to choose modern okay but if I don't choose modern, well, it's there's 80s and 90s and 50s and 40s. And like, uh, we're tired of that. We've seen that. Let's find something, a style that we just don't see anymore. It's totally yeah. different. Uh, and barring small Western towns that are off the highway uh, that, you know, time forgot, uh, steakhouses and such, you don't you don't see this kind of look naturally in the environment anymore so it's a way to stand out like oh this is different we haven't seen this since before i was born and i'm gonna say probably not for long like i could totally mm-hmm, see this mm-hmm. becoming yeah, an anti-modernist yeah. trend for of course sure. yeah anti-modernist you, that's exactly the way to put it mm-hmm. and actually if you uh if you put a duck duck go search for like apothecary style then you get to vintage pharmacy style which is evidently a sub genre of apothecary style and it's fascinating 
Oh, fascinating. Wow. No, you're and right. And I got straight to Pinterest. And it's very maximalist-ish. It kind of is. Uh-huh. Yeah. I could totally see this. I could totally see this becoming a new style. Apothecary. Apothecary style. We're calling it. Yeah, because the Gen Xers, they they ruined the, the you know, with their swing music, the 40s, you know. And oh, yeah, that's they, over. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you everything that that's could be nostalgia has been nostalgia so if you really want to, if you really want to break ground, you have to go back before anybody living was born. That, that's what's happening. <laughs> this is awesome. Now I Googled hipster apothecary and it's basically every freaking barbershop in the Temescal district. Oh my gosh. In Oakland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have those. We, oh, we definitely have those in LA too. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, all right. Before I get just, before I start a Pinterest board, I'm going to keep moving. Uh, my thing is... My second thing is Lambeau culture. Of course, you mean Lambeau Field uh, in Green Bay with the Packers. <laughs> no. To, or, you know, Lamborghinis, Lambos, Lamborghinis. So what I really want to know, and I just haven't done this actual reporting yet for our show, is, is Lambo? So I don't know how many uh, YouTube videos you watch or how many rap songs you listen to. Um, very few YouTube videos, lots of rap songs. And have you heard them all always talking about Lambos? Yeah, Lambo does come up a lot. Lambo comes up mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And like it's the old it's Maserati. the new Cristal. It's the new Cristal, it's the new Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Like for a while it was like all about the G Wagon and then apparently everybody just upped their game completely to Lambo. Yeah. And I don't know when Lambo became a thing, but it's it's totally a thing with YouTubers also. Like creators always make jokes about Lambos. I don't even know who fed whom in the Lambo obsession. But now it is – and so what I really want to know is like is it even possible to sell more Lambos because they're so expensive or like <laughs> – like could there be more? Is there Only a, way... a successful YouTube star could afford a Lambo. I guess though, but not – I mean not really. Like that seems insane. Well, you know, and... the, the ones that make the million dollars off their branded deals and everything. Oh, yeah, that's true. The 1% I, of YouTubers. <laughs> the 1%. It does seem like there has been kind of a long history of Lambos being referenced in pop culture. I found an article that mm. I'm about to put in the Discord uh, from 2012, the 50 best Lamborghini references in pop culture, including Toys in 1992, hmm. Rain Man in mm-hmm. 1998. Mm-hmm. Maybe it got to rap through Nicki Minaj, who put it in her Massive Attack video in 2010. Oh, no, no. It was in Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby. I'm bringing Lambo back. But it's so much of a thing now. It's Well, there's always got to be the symbol for wealth. Uh, a lot of times in, in rap, but, but, but even just in movies and, and, and songs in general, that's sort of like what symbolizes either an aspiration, like I'm not rich enough to own a, bah, I'm not rich enough to drink mm-hmm. a, bah, uh, <laughs> and that, that cycles around because eventually either you could just get tired of hearing that and it sounds like a cliche or the company that sells it tries to come up with cheaper versions, <laughs> right? Right. Totally. And suddenly Cadillac isn't the Cadillac that it used to be. Uh, that's the famous example, right? So, so I, I guess Mercedes just became tired and it's they're like, little, well, what's more pedestrian? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, too many grandparents uh, drive a Mercedes around. It's uh, let's, let's find something else that that is aspirational wealth. Yeah, I think so. And I feel like Lamborghinis are like 
they're uh, they're appropriately unattainable. Like people might get wealthy enough to be able to afford a Mercedes, or a Mercedes might come down. I mean, I will right. say there's the new my, A class that we talked about. My yeah. favorite. Oh yeah, that's right. And my favorite guilty pleasure breakup song is "Better Now" by Post Malone. And in that song, they broke up over the benzo. So mm-hmm. he's like an everyman. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, sure. If there is one everyman, it's Post Malone. It's definitely Post Malone. Like we can all relate. Uh-huh. What's he thinking with all the tattoos on his face? Why? So maybe it really, truly is just that Lamborghinis are so reliably out of reach. But wouldn't Ferraris also be? But it's not as cool to say. I, you know, that's the good question, right? When when it switches, what causes everybody to switch to that thing, right? And maybe Lambo just fit the rhyme scheme better, right? I Two beats, so. Lambo sounds, kind of cool. sounds oh, good. Oh, yeah. Oh my god! I totally found validation of Lambo culture as a giant thing because not only has it, it is now uh, transcended rap culture and YouTube culture, and apparently became the status brand. Of crypto bros. Oh, that's kind of a that's kind of a canary in the coal mine indicator, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> like, like, get ready wow. for for uh, songs to start referencing Ferraris uh, or something else soon. Oh, and this story. Uh, I know you guys all get tired of me doing the real time research during the podcast, but no, it's like we're it. discovering this yeah. together. Lamborghini has been reporting that sales have been rising steadily, reporting record sales in January, marking seven consecutive years. Hmm. Roughly since Nicki Minaj's video. No, just kidding. Uh, seven uh-huh. consecutive years of sales growth. The conspiracy Boom. theory says that Lambo's been going around paying these YouTubers and rap stars to reference the Lambo. I wonder. Mm-hmm. I totally wonder. But yeah, they're, they're saying like every, just about every model has been featured in some kind of hip hop or rap music video. Mm. And they're, you, it is there for people who want to stand out and a clear sign you've made it and want everyone to know. This is from a Digiday article that I found from 2018. Because they are totally a thing. And then the crypto bro thing, that's like what they all bought once they uh, yeah. cashed out their Bitcoin at 20 Right, because grand. they've been listening to that music and they're like, this is what the wealthy people get is a Lambo. <laughs> totally. And then as soon as everybody sees them driving around in Lambos, suddenly everybody's like, we got to reference something else. <laughs> oh, my God. So when this article was written, the hashtags Bitcoin and blockchain were among the 10 most used hashtags within any conversation about lamborghinis according to (laughs) brand watch can you buy your lambo with bitcoin i mean i don't know why i mean i'm sure you could but like from lamborghini i wonder if that was a stunt thanks to a rash of crypto millionaires publicly spending their bitcoin on lamborghinis Mm. the lambo has become the outward symbol for crypto bro culture this is amazing in 2014 aha in 2014 a 4chan user bought a lamborghini gallardo with bitcoin I am going to uh, I'm going to keep my ears out for the new car <laughs> that gets referenced. Right? There's got to be a new Lambo. Like, what's going to be the new what's one when it's just Lambo? like played? It's yeah. just a little played. Uh, Denials in our Discord points out that it's also Doctor Disrespect's ride of choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. When Sway yeah. starts driving a McLaren. <laughs> yeah. Or Rich actually, Rich, our producer, suggested that the next could be Koenigsegg. <laughs> but that definitely does not fit in a rap song that's harder that's it's harder that. yeah that's the tough one i uh hmm. yeah. you really have to be a lyrical genius eminem could pull that off sure, sure. kendrick lamar kendrick lamar definitely. Could work a man has a pulitzer he could yeah, work Kernig's he could definitely into a do rap that. song right and i want to see what uh what's day. what what cars show up in the sam smith songs <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like my vintage Jaguar E-Type from Harold and Maude that yeah. I drove over the cliff. I go, and, I'm so I go and cry in my vintage Jaguar because I was dancing <laughs> with a stranger. <laughs> oh, I totally, I want there to be like a comic book series. Can we call Scott Johnson? I want him to do a, a panel of comics like that just are artists and their spirit cars. Oh, that's great. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. I'm totally going to mention that to Scott. Okay, good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And good thing we talked about cars because apparently you guys love that. Yeah. We're just leaning into it. So much good email. And this was just an accident, but we got so much good email about last week's episode. Um, Let's see. Should we dive right in? We got an email from Nick. Says matte paint is not just a look space Mm. trend. In motorsports, he writes, there are two ways you can go in regards to making your car look painted. You can use what are essentially massive stickers Mm -hmm. called a wrap, which is widely used these days outside of Formula One because it's cheaper. Or apparently the Formula One teams, because they just print money, use actual paint. And he he validates that there's a performance problem Mm -hmm. with a lot of the paints because it's heavy. But overall, matte paint is lighter than standard automotive paints. And then he has this whole nice long list of the, the history of like... The Formula One Red Bull team does use matte, but others don't because they want it to be lighter and it goes on. It's really interesting. We'll have it in our on our oh, website. Yeah. It's a thing.me. And then uh, Paolo De Los Reyes uh, from our It's a Feed Patreon level uh, said, nothing wrong with not liking IPAs. Boom. I used to be all about them, but I'm one of those 40-year-old youngsters that absolutely loves sours, more so the beer than the coffee. Actually, what I like in a sour isn't so much the tartness, but the funkiness. Definitely not a flavor profile for everyone, but I'm glad the girlfriend's starting to also enjoy them recently. You picked a good one because yuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but apparently funkiness is also a flavor that is hot with the millennials. It's really interesting. I went to this, um, I went to like a school auction party where we have a woman at our, or I had a woman at my old school who is a master sommelier and she threw this like taste like a master sommelier party. Oh, wow. And so we, yeah, it was amazing. So we got to like taste and rate all these wines and it was really fascinating. And there was this one wine that I was just like, God, this tastes like a combination of, um, I, I don't like tar and, <laughs> Like the rind of a Parmesan cheese wedge. Like it was just this really I'm getting funky... notes of tar and a... Uh, yeah. And, and a heady a nose of, of Parmesan rind. Of cheese funk. Like <laughs> it... I did not care. And she said that actually that flavor profile was super, super popular among like 30-something oh, Is that because they all drink kombucha? I bet it is. And they're like, and they're just looking like kombucha. For, they're just looking for like different flavors that are apparently yeah. tar-like and, and cheese funk. <laughs> I don't know about the tar. The cheese funk is – the funky thing is making me think kombucha. Yeah. I don't know where the tar a, comes in. The funky flavor flavor profile yeah. is a thing. Funky uh-huh. flavor uh-huh. profile. Mm-hmm. That was never my uh, rap name. No. No. Never will be. Wasn't, mm-hmm. And it won't be. No. And um, f- yeah. finally, Mike wrote uh, about colorizing photos to make them seem more real. Mm. And he said that this is – you know. Intense, but he said that several years ago he visited Europe and spent some time in Germany and made sure to visit Auschwitz. And he writes, at the time, what struck me most about being there was how the whole place was in color. Reddish brick, green grass, blue skies, and it made it feel that much more Hmm. real and connected to the real world rather than some abstract concept from old black and white photos, which I thought was just really profound. Like, yeah, you don't you're not going to see it until you see it. It was intense. He also says that he's been watching the rise of the matte car 
color for close to a decade now and doesn't think that they will ever go mainstream unless someone figures out the maintenance issues. But the dark or black rim, you're totally right, Mike. He says that uh, came around the same time and looks super cool, like piano black rims on tires. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm still my head's just stuck in that idea of like all of these places we see as black and white and then you visit them and they're in color and it it I can just see that messing with your perception of it, right? Because Yeah. And and also deepening the experience of like wow, this looks so peaceful and green, but it sure it wasn't. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that it was a real place then. It, you know, it's sort yeah, of, yeah, it yeah, like yeah. localizes it in your mind. Well, and that to be honest, that's what's so profound about the colorized photos. Is that they have a very similar effect. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, go yeah. there will never be a substitute, including virtual reality, for like going go in there, right. to a place and smelling the air mm-hmm. and touching the grass. Like that's really true. But there is something about colorizing photos that has a really similar effect where you're just like, Oh, right. Yeah. It was real. Uh, and then Icor in our uh, Discord right now, uh, actually a little bit earlier today, said, speaking of vests, everything you need to look like a venture capitalist, order a Patagonia vest. <laughs> Oh my God, at vcstarterkit.com. That's amazing. And it has a whole bunch of pictures of venture capitalists, even the lady ones uh-huh. wearing their vests. They all wear the vests. That's what you do. Oh, and so you get a fleece vest from Patagonia, all birds. Mm-hmm. Hysterical. You buy a Lambo. Uh, you buy a Lambo. No, they don't buy the Lambos. Come on. No? You never see a VC in a Lambo. Didn't the, didn't the, the VC guy in uh, Silicon Valley drive a Lambo around? Was... Oh, I think you're probably right. The one who's based on Peter Thiel. Yeah. You also get a copy of Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, oh and Peter Thiel's Zero to One. <laughs> okay, but the thing I like about you're this right. is it has if, to you, be a Tesla. if you do it, if you buy it, then uh, they make a donation to All Raise, which is a venture capital fund dedicated to funding uh, underrepresented founders. Okay. That's right. actually pretty awesome and hilarious. And on brand. <laughs> and it's like, also like $500. <laughs> I will not be getting my Patagonia vest that way. <laughs> oh, that's freaking genius. I love it. Amazing. And yes, Coyote Brown, Tesla owners for sure. Uh, hey, uh, shout out to our patrons, Chaz Watson and Mike Akins at the It's a Shout Out level. Thank you for your extra, Woo-hoo. extra support. Uh, and thanks to everybody who supports us at patreon.com slash it's a thing. Uh, Rich Straffolino, to make your uh, shout outs even better, pointed out that the anagrams for Chaz Watson and Mike Akins are Stanza Chow and Kink Maze. I kink. I kink. I kink. Oh, sorry. I left the eye out. Apologies, Mike. There's like three eyes in there. Uh, Wow. Dude, Rich is a treasure and he's going to get like his own shout out for doing such an awesome job on our show. (laughs) (laughs) And also putting up with our constantly changing recording times. Absolutely. You're a a gentleman and a scholar, Rich Struffolino. You are both of those things. Thanks again to everybody who listens and uh, supports us on Patreon. We will see you back here next week. Bye. I don't need no man speaking lies. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.